Hello and welcome to the Body Resilient Mom podcast. I'm your host, Louise Hurley, and I am here to elevate your body image one conversation at a time. Most of us have grown up believing that a thinner, smoother, tighter body and face is better. And if we have these things, then we have succeeded and we'll live happily ever after. When we've been surrounded by this message all of our lives, in some form or other, we tend not to question it. It's just the way of the world. But have you ever stopped to wonder whether these standards that we've been holding ourselves to are even possible to achieve? And if we do try to match these standards, like losing weight or trying to remain wrinkle and dimple free, is it actually healthy? As mums, we feel under so much pressure to succeed in all areas of life, including trying not to look like we've grown and birthed a tiny human. This podcast will encourage you to challenge your long-term beliefs about what your body should look like and help you to move from a place of conflict with your body to a place of peace and acceptance. Welcome to another episode of the Body Resilient Mum podcast. This week, I am talking to Dr. Rosanna Pajak or Dr. Rosie or Rosie. <laughs> um, I met Rosie when we both worked at St. Vincent's before children, which feels like an absolute lifetime ago. But here is a proper bio of Rosie. It's very impressive. Rosie is an experienced clinical psychologist who has a specific focus on perinatal mental health, pregnancy, birth and postpartum. She has a doctorate in clinical psychology from University College London and experience working within clinical and community settings in both the UK and Australia, including specialist trauma services and women's health services. Rosie is also a busy working mum, <laughs> dividing her time between running her own psychology practice and looking after her two beautiful little wild boys. As a perinatal psychologist, Rosie is an expert on birth trauma and has a deep understanding of the emotional impact it has when birth doesn't go to plan. She has sat on the clinical advisory board of the Australian Birth Trauma Association and has founded the Birth Healing Collective to offer specific psychological support for parents after a difficult or traumatic birth experience. Love it. She's passionate about making this kind of support more affordable and easily accessible for parents through her programs, workshops and resources. That's it. I've said it all, Rosie. You don't need to be here. <laughs> Hello. Hello, thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this. As I've already mentioned, we met each other at St. Vincent's when we were, but were you working on This Way Up as well? Or yeah. something else? So we were both working on This Way Up. I was doing school stuff. Rosie, you were doing? Oh, a bit of everything, I think. I feel like I was doing a lot of the mental health kind of anxiety, depression stuff. And I also then worked with them on their perinatal program a bit later as well. Amazing. The Momentum one. Remember, I think I left as that was kind of taking off. Um, but this is kind of where the, I'd say this way up with probably the leaders in online cognitive behavioral therapy or online courses anyway, that would give people a lesson each week. So amazing work done there. Rosie, you are mum of two little boys. Um, can you remind me, how old are they now? Oh, so the oldest has just turned seven and the younger one is three. Seven and three. And yeah. Rose, if you don't mind sharing a bit of information with us, what was your birth experience with your two boys? Yeah, um, I mean, look, I think I would say overall that I had fairly good experiences with both of them and I count myself very lucky in that. Um, 
I, with my eldest one, he came just on 36 weeks. So he was a little bit small. Um, and that birth was, uh, well, actually I was, I, I had the same, I went through the uh, midwifery group program. Um, so I had one midwife continuity of care all the way through that, that pregnancy. Um, but because he came a month early, she was actually away. So I didn't get to give birth with my midwife, but I was really happy with the care that I received there and um, had overall a positive experience of that birth. Uh, definitely some of the stuff that came after was challenging. I reckon for us, most of, most of our challenges came more postnatally than around the birth actually with, with my um, entry into motherhood. And then with my second one, I really wanted to give birth with that with the same midwife, actually. So I tried to go back to that same program, but I'd actually moved a little bit further away. Um, and my plan was that we would just somehow drive to the hospital when things all kicked off and I would... Um, I would I would be fine and uh and of course I think I think you know it was this mother's intuition or something I kind of had this feeling all the way along that we weren't going to make it and I was anxious about it all the way along um and we had a plan for if you know baby was born in the car and so on uh I remember having towels and things in the car anyway yeah we um it was very very fast my second um second birth so we did not make it and once again did not give birth with that same lovely midwife um but yeah, so that one involved a little bit more of a kind of uh, hairy kind of ambulance transfer to the local, the nearest hospital, um, where I think I just shocked them all by just turning up like right at the point. I think he was born like a minute after we arrived and everyone was very kind of, who's this woman? Where has she come from? <laughs> Who is this baby? Trying to kind of catch up on it. But but broadly speaking, although that one was very dramatic, um, I still feel like um, I feel like, yeah, I feel very blessed to have had two, two good experiences of birth there. That's amazing. And so very different mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. In my introduction, when I introduced you, I kind of gave a little snippet of what you do. But could you tell us in more detail from your point of view, talking to someone who wouldn't know what a perinatal psychologist is? Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, a perinatal psychologist, really what we're talking about is it's a psychologist who specializes in this whole period of life that has to do with the transition into parenthood. So we really um, cover everything from prenatal kind of deciding whether or not to have children through fertility uh, challenges and pregnancy. Obviously, that also covers uh, pregnancy loss, miscarriage. Uh, right through to birth and then everything that happens after. So that transition to parenthood and really the first kind of two to three years of parenting. So all that postnatal um, adjustment and so the challenges that come along there. Uh, so there's definitely, you know, if, if you see a perinatal psychologist, you'll know that we, we have a good understanding of the challenges of that whole period of time and the demands. Um, but I think also one thing to that can be helpful to know is that we, as, as a perinatal psychologist, you do think a lot about the fact that so much is changing in your world and all of your relationships in particular are being reorganized. So if you think about it, you've got a brand new relationship with this little baby emerging and you've got your relationship with your partner, if you have one, is changing. Relationships with family are being all reorganized as you go through this big transition as a family. And there's so much stuff that comes up for us in all of those spaces. Um, so it's a huge time. It's a huge time 
in anyone's life, isn't it? But it, a lot of whatever our stuff is, uh, as I say, it will come it will come up in in a way during that time. So it's also a huge time of opportunity to grow. I think mm -hmm. through those challenges with the right support. Rosie, do you help both parents? Um, you know. Um, in that relationship, or is it only the the mother, the the mother figure in in that? Yeah, way? look, good question. I mean, definitely, we um, we really look at the whole family unit, so whatever that is, and mm -hmm. um, I think probably traditionally, and and still, the the bulk of people who come forward for support would be the kind of the birthing parent, the mum, but I think we are definitely seeing a lot more of um, couples coming together and of dads coming and non-birthing partners coming because I think that's something which is perhaps getting a bit more attention now, which is great about the, just how challenging it is for both parents in any kind of given situation. Um, and when I think about this a lot with my work, when I think about birth, that you know the non-birthing parent absolutely has very much their own version of a, the same experience that they're bringing with them. And obviously the transition to parenthood is huge for every single person who becomes a parent. Um, so yeah, look, I think, I think we're probably uh, seeing more more people coming as, as couples, and definitely, yeah. especially when you think of traumatic birth as well, like what how the other person sees that experience, because you could have two very different experiences about the same birth. So that's really interesting. Mm, yeah, and you often do. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, tell me more, Rosie, about the Birth Healing Collective. I think this yeah. is amazing, and I want to hear all about it. Yeah, well, I mean, this is this is kind of my third baby, I guess. This is um, this is work that I have been uh, wanting to do for a long time. So, in in my work I've, as a psychologist, I initially kind of um, had a strong focus on trauma, and and I guess that was my initial uh, focus for my work before I got into the whole perinatal world was on trauma, PTSD, working in that space with refugees and asylum seekers. And um, I really did a lot of work in that area before I started working in perinatal, actually, or alongside it as well. Um, and then when I came and started working with new parents, I was sort of quite shocked to see how much trauma I was seeing in the postnatal period. I didn't expect to see it. And that really got me on a path of starting to try and understand what's what's going on here around birth, because... I was seeing so many parents, whether or not they were coming to seek support after a difficult birth, they it was in the mix often for a lot of families that there might have been a few factors that came together and a difficult birth would have been one of those that may have led to some sort of challenges in how they were going postnatally. So I started to look into, into birth trauma and did more and more um, training and research and you know, work in that area. And through that um, work, I decided to set up the Birth Healing Collective, which is really my way of trying to bring the information and support that we know is useful to more families after a difficult birth experience. Because I think it can be pretty isolating and it's not always easy to get the right support that you need. Yeah, amazing. And am I right in thinking, Rosie, that the Birth Healing Collective is, it's all online? Yeah. Is that right? So That's right, yes. Yes. And it is live classes with you or it's the live um, groups? Just remind me. Okay. So the Birth Healing Collective is a completely online organisation. Um, what we do is we have a range of different kind of free resources and uh, workshops that we run, but also I have two programmes 
that I offer. So there's um, a group online program for parents who've had a difficult birth experience, which is my birth healing program. And really that's an opportunity to safely share your birth experiences whilst learning some useful psychological tools that can help you sort of process, make sense of what's happened and move forward feeling a bit lighter and a bit more confident and stronger. Um, so that's what we do in, in the birth healing program. And um, I see parents there from whether that's immediately after, you know, quite soon after the birth, right through to kind of years later, sometimes parents want to come and, and discuss that. So that's, that's how that sort of small group works. The other sort of main program that I have is the Better Birth Program, which is where I support parents to give birth again after a difficult birth experience, because this is an area where I was just seeing more and more in my work, how often parents needed a little bit more support around that time. And often that was the time that people would seek support. You know, I think after a difficult birth experience, often immediately after you're plunged straight into managing a newborn. And sometimes that birth experience gets a little bit of attention at the very beginning, but then it often doesn't really get, you don't get back to kind of addressing any trauma that's sitting there or um, really being able to talk through how that might have impacted you, there often just isn't a time and space. And so what we often find is that in, you know, when it's time to have another baby or people want to have another baby, the, that birth, that previous birth experience is, is still sitting there, of course, and mm -hmm. can complicate going into another pregnancy and birth. So the Better Birth Programme is, uh, is my way of trying to help parents feel more confident um, and feel ready to go mm -hmm. into birth again. It's a very unique situation because, I mean, as we've already talked about, we we don't often go through one trauma and then expect, like, plan to go towards it again. Like, that very rare. I can't think of any other situation where we do that, where we voluntarily plan to go towards that possible trauma again. So it's very unique. Yeah, it's so true. You know, like, we're actually designed to avoid experiences that have been that distressing or traumatic so it's really challenging to um, on one level perhaps know that you want to have more children and you want to add to your family but having had such a difficult birth experience before uh, and obviously you know there's so many different ways that birth can be complex and challenging um, for families it can make it very very difficult to mm. imagine going back into that that experience again um and just tolerating the uncertainty even of not knowing what that birth is going to be like. That's a really challenging thing to do. And it's so important, the work that you're doing and the service you offer. I think it's wonderful. I would love to know, Rosie, how as a perinatal psychologist, you see traumatic birth affecting a woman's body image, but also the, their relationship with their body. Yeah. And I, I guess you probably see this in your work quite a lot, Lou. Yeah. So often, so often. Not necessarily always traumatic birth, but birth in general. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, as you see a lot of women who've gone through traumatic births, have you noticed anything come up where women struggle to heal the relationship with their body or their body image? I mean, I think that um, a difficult birth leaves its mark and it's it's difficult to go forward into that postnatal period without it having affected you in some way often what i see is um 
I guess it's the way that that birth is made sense of initially. Often um, new mums are not particularly kind to themselves uh, in, in terms of how they make sense of that birth experience. So it's quite common after a difficult birth to feel a lot of self-blame, a sense of failure, um, perhaps feeling like um, that they were let down by their body. It's a really common experience to feel like your body let you down. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the way in, in, in the pregnancy, you know, in the birth itself, in postnatally. Um, and so that feeling of, of kind of complicating your relationship with your body afterwards uh, is it, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's almost on two levels. There's kind of um, a feeling of kind of I blame myself, but also I blame my body. So often there's those two layers to, to what people can carry forward with them from a difficult birth that just needs some attention and some support to work that through um, and maybe find a different perspective. And healing from a difficult birth, I would say, definitely involves repairing that relationship with yourself and definitely with your body as well. You're so right about mums being hard on themselves. And generally, we, you have this baby, you're kind of in the throes of motherhood. It's all a bit crazy. Sometimes self-compassion is the very bottom of your list. I don't know if you find that, mm-hmm. but I see a lot of mums with this self-compassion at the bottom and baby obviously comes first, but they're not going to heal this relationship with their body or heal their body image with that self-compassion at the bottom. You kind of have mm-hmm. to be a little bit, not selfish, but self-focused and it needs to be at the top with baby because it's so important. Yeah. I mean, I think learning to balance your own needs with that of your baby or your children is an ongoing work of motherhood, right? <laughs> and it's one of those things which at the beginning can be very hard. Your your whole um, being can be kind of focused around this baby and there's a lot that makes us feel like that absolutely has to come first. And often like a baby's are very demanding, like they will make sure that their needs are met. Uh, they've got lots of really good ways of making sure that we do that. Um, and so you do have to sort of tip into making sure that you're meeting that baby's needs but absolutely one of the common feelings postnatally right is that we feel like we've been completely lost uh that sense of identity is completely changed and you know there's an opportunity postnatally to rebuild uh, a new kind of identity but it involves making sure that you're staying connected with yourself in some small ways throughout the day and learning to meet your own needs alongside your baby is a really um key part of kind of that transition to motherhood and it's complicated, but it's very doable um, yeah. along the way. And yes, I think after a difficult birth, what does that look like in terms of um, learning to be kind to your body and shifting your perspective on yourself and your body to see what you've been through with a sense of kindness and compassion instead of being harsh on yourself about that um, is probably one of those really fundamental shifts that can help lead to healing from there. Mm, yeah. For me, I I will often see when I'm running strong mums, um, which are my outdoor fitness classes. <laughs> it's very confusing having two businesses. <laughs> um, when I'm running the strong mums classes, I will often see two camps of women when we're when I'm looking at low self-compassion and it'll be the women who push and push their bodies too far too fast because they Mm -hmm. think they should be meeting certain standards either in the way that they look or the way that their body functions or the women who put exercise at the bottom because they don't feel that 
it's right to have their physical needs met in terms of like health, fitness, you know, a baby comes first with everything. And then there's no time for looking after themselves mm-hmm. with fitness. So I often see, and of course, there's a women in the middle. Um, but I see those two camps very, very often. I don't know if you've noticed any patterns in, you know, how women approach their physical bodies. Yeah, look, I definitely say I would see the same, you know, it can be it can be either very difficult to meet our body's need for care in that way. Because if you think about it, like caring for your body is a real extension of of deciding to care for yourself. Mm. So that's a relationship that for many of us is not something which is really, um, I don't know, I'm not sure that's the way that many of us grew up. This is no. your body that you can look after and care for. I think most of us have a sense of our body is there to like do stuff for us or, you know, the dominant narrative of like how your body is supposed to look so it's something to be kind of controlled and mastered and pushed Mm. um so yeah I I think I think there's an opportunity potentially uh in motherhood to kind of build a new relationship with your body where you're going what do I how do I feel towards this body and what what how do I want to actually look after it it's a different it's a looking after um which can be completely new Mm. to learn to build that how do I look after my body as well as I look after my baby how good would that be if mums could be taught that? Like mm. you so after your baby. Now, how do you look after your body? It's in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some people who are at that other end, Lou, where it's like pushing my body very hard, that might look like actually going, well, um, you know, how do I look after, actually looking after myself here might actually be lowering that bar and being a little bit softer and finding some flexibility so there's less rigidity and I'm less harsh yeah. kind of pushing. So yeah. self-care can look very different for each of us um and I guess that's the beauty of like when I find um what I love about the work that I do when I work with people therapeutically is you really get to have that um like in my one-to-one work you know it's about understanding your relationship with your body and what that you know how what that what that currently is and Mm. what you'd like it to be and what needs to shift and change in order to have a better relationship it can be very individual yeah Absolutely. So different for everybody. This isn't about the Body Resilient Mum Project, but in the Body Resilient Mum Project, I focus lots on what your body can do rather than what your body looks like or or doesn't look like. So focusing on, you know, how amazing it is, the amazing things it's done and the amazing things it continues to do. But after a traumatic birth, we can often leave hospital or we get home or maybe it's a few weeks later and we feel absolutely broken. Maybe there's been trauma down to the um, vaginal trauma or perineum trauma. Um, Maybe it's a C-section scar that you can just not stand to touch. Um, What advice, Rosie, or tools do you have for women rebuilding their confidence in their body after a traumatic birth Mm. yes I mean like you just described that so well right like it's a it's a real um that psychological recovery or that emotional recovery happens alongside the physical uh but can sometimes take a lot longer as well okay so in terms of tools and strategies for rebuilding that relationship with your body um I think I would say it starts, first of all, with processing what happened at the birth, because if there has been um, a difficult experience, often um, it, 
it kind of said, as I said, it kind of sits there and it hasn't really had a chance to be addressed. So being able to sit and take some time to give your birth experience the attention that it deserves, because it's important, mm. like you will carry that with you. So giving it the attention it deserves, I think really is about having an opportunity to reflect on the different chapters and different stages of it. Think about what it has left you with in terms of how it's left you feeling about yourself and how you've made sense of it. So this is a key part for me, I think, around going, well, what, okay, what, do, what are you, um, what is this meaning to you as an experience? And that is where if we're, if we're sitting there feeling like it means something negative about yourself or your body, that's when it's going to be important to just see whether there are other ways of making sense of what happened. And sometimes it's not until we go back and we reflect and we revisit that birth, um, particularly if you get a chance to sit down and do this with a professional who knows birth, who knows a bit about, about birth trauma um, or just, you know, birth in general, it, it gives you an opportunity to find a different perspective on the birth and perhaps make sense of things in a different way. So for example, instead of it being, I failed, it can be, oh, I didn't get the support that I needed actually. Mm. Uh, and some things happened along the way that potentially shouldn't have happened. Um, and so there are, there is a different ways of making sense of it. And I find that this can be key in terms of really building that relationship with your body, because it starts with just rebuilding your relationship with yourself. Um, from that place, if we're going to view what we went through differently, it gives us a platform from which to build a more um, kinder, more generous, more caring relationship with what your body, um, what your body did, and perhaps begin to rebuild a sense of trust that your body um, can do what it needs to do next time, for example, with the right support. Mm -hmm. So it's key to make sense of that birth in a in in a different way. Yeah, and when you fully understand it as well, you can almost see well this is where my body did not let me down. Like I can see like what, why was this necessary? And when you're talking to a professional like yourself who understands that and can talk you through it, you understand why these things happened. And it actually wasn't because your body let you down or your body is broken. Like it's, it had to be done. And these are the medical reasons why it is so important. Yeah. Yeah. And Often that can be really helpful. Yeah. And you, you're left, yeah. like you leave the hospital with that paperwork and you're looking through it and you're like, okay, there's an APGAR score and this is what happened. And it's like, I don't know what this means. Like what happened to me? So it's so important to talk to people like professionals like yourself who can actually help you make sense of this information that you've left the hospital with. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I think from there, um, the work of kind of rebuilding both a sense of trust and maybe also even a sense of connection with your body. Because I mean, one of the things which, you know, we haven't talked about yet, but in terms of um, trauma is that we often are left after a difficult birth experience or a particularly very traumatic birth experience in either a very heightened state, which mm. is difficult to go into motherhood feeling. Um, but one of the uh, effects of that sometimes can be a bit of a shutdown. So actually a very much a sense of kind of, disconnection with the body and feeling a bit numb and sort of zoned out and really you know in physically not feeling all that much at all so I think there can be a process after after trauma of just coming back to inhabit your body and I don't know about about you but I think I hear this a lot in terms of motherhood and I definitely remember it for myself that when you're in the throes of caring for a baby you can sort of register sometimes like I think I'm hungry or 
I've definitely needed to go to the toilet for about four hours and I still haven't had a chance to go. But we actually have become very, um, it's very hard to just meet your body's physical, like basic needs with a newborn, with yeah. a baby. So there's a whole process of starting to tune back into our bodies and go, well, what is my body telling me um, right now? What do I, what does it need? What, do I, what am I feeling? Um, and beginning to rebuild a sense of connection with our body can be one of the steps that can help us actually rebuild a sense of um of caring for the body, as we said, but also maybe trust, because I think trusting our bodies is another whole piece of this. Yeah, that's really hard. Mm -hmm. And I know you talk about what your body can do. If you've had a sense of being let down by your body, I wonder whether also working to find some spaces and rebuild a kind of positive relationship with our bodies can be really helpful. It, it may not erase uh, feelings of, of trauma or things that came along with, with that trauma, but to have um, an alternative uh, sense of a space in which your body does feel strong, a space in which your body does have capacity um, and rebuilding a sense of like, I can rely and trust on my body to be here for me in these ways mm -hmm. um, can also be very healing after a difficult birth. Yeah. And I guess those two things can go side by side. They don't have to like, they don't have to exist without the other, that feeling like that was traumatic, but you can also at the same time have this other narrative that's, but I accomplished this. My body did this, even though it was traumatic. And they kind of can go definitely each other. Definitely. And this is something that we're not very good at. Like even just the way that our language tends to go, right? Like we tend to say, oh, well, my body is strong but I wasn't able to do this, but my body was strong. And that but in the middle actually is, is really hard because it, it leads us to, even just in terms of the language there, it's, uh, it's a sense that it's one or the other and hang on, we just bounce back and forth between the two. Whereas yeah. I think replacing that with an and, I really like that strategy that being able to say, well, you know, this happened over here. My body um, was not able to do this and my body is able to do this. Both things are true. Is, is both a part of the complexity and can we hold that that complexity if we can things can feel a lot easier yeah that's really good advice um this wasn't in my list of questions rosie <laughs> um but do you find that mindfulness is a helpful tool with helping women to reconnect with their body and just being aware of what else is going on outside of their baby bubble is that ever helpful Yes, definitely. I mean, I think mindfulness has become so much part of um, a lot of psychology and mental health uh, work. And look, the way I, I see that is that it's pretty hard to be present with yourself in motherhood. Um, one of the things that happens is that we do tend to get into doing mode a lot of the time. And when you're not with your baby sort of doing stuff, you're also then, you know, baby might be asleep and you're probably turn back to the house and it's like, oh, there's all these things to do. I've got to get on my phone and call all of these people or send these emails back. And so there's so much to do. We, it can be very hard to just drop down into just being mode. Um, so if we practice mindfulness at the spaces where we can, um, and that might not look like sitting and meditating for 20 minutes, it can be very much about learning to do this kind of as and when and wherever we can. But it's really all it is is about being able to unhook from all of that busyness and all of that mental chatter and come back down into just this is where I am right now. And I think that can be a really beneficial thing, both in terms of being able to check in with how is my body feeling? What do I need? 
in this moment, but also emotionally, what am I noticing? If I do turn that spotlight just inside for a couple of minutes, we have an opportunity to pick up on where am I at? What am I feeling today? Um, and that can actually be a really important process to build in motherhood because um, it is honestly sometimes the bit that just gets completely neglected. So just, you know, mindfulness can be a way for us to start to build a reconnect relationship with yourself where you can care for yourself alongside your baby. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so, Rosie, you have given us so much wonderful information. It's been so helpful. If anyone listening would like to get in touch with you, if they'd like to learn more about your programs or they have questions for you, how can they get in touch with you? <laughs> yes, well, look, the um, the website for the Birth Healing Collective is just thebirthhealingcollective.com. So you can come and find us there and there's lots of information there about the programs that I offer. I'm also on Instagram. You can find me as uh, at the Birth Healing Collective or I'm also on there as Dr. Rosie Psychologist. So you can find me there. Um, and we're on Facebook as well. So yeah, have a look on probably those would be the three main places. Uh, in terms of the programs, I'm, I'm here and available to chat. If you feel like uh, you've had a difficult birth experience and you aren't sure what kind of support you need, whether you might need one-to-one therapy to kind of sit down and talk with someone about your experience or whether one of these programs might be the right thing for you feel free to get in touch with me and ask me questions like I'm here available to answer questions um, as needed and I can help just kind of provide a bit more information about them or direct you as to what's going to be the most useful thing for you so yeah just want to let people know feel free to get in touch if you have any questions at all about either the birth healing program or the better birth program amazing and you are one of the loveliest people ever so if you do want to get in touch with rosie please do she's wonderful and just a very lovely human being and thank you very much <laughs> thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast um it's just been wonderful to talk to you and so very very helpful it's been a pleasure thanks lou for having me on If you've enjoyed what you've heard, make sure you hit follow wherever you listen to your podcasts, rate and review so that more mums can start to challenge societal norms when it comes to what their body should look like. For further information on what I've covered in this episode or to connect with me in person, head to the link in the show notes. You'll also find the link to enroll in my online course, The Body Resilient Mum Project. Until next time, bye for now.